0: Good evening, Patriots, and it's the end of Thursday, May 11th, in the year 2023. Man, it's awesome. I was just out in the garden and uh, just spending some time watering and doing that thing. We've already got some of the early plants. I mean, it's doing great. And then I'm going to start this electroculture thing, if you haven't heard about that. We're going to talk a little bit about that tonight among other things, like we always do. Always lots of stuff to talk about. One thing is you need to make sure that you're doing all you can to protect your finances and protecting your food supply, because those two things are on the bubble right now as they try to control your money and control your food. So I would say that if I were you, I would consider having a long-term storage of food along with the normal foods that you prep, and that Long term stores should last like 20 years or more. And that's the stuff that My Patriots Supply brings. So, so check it out. Patriots. With all the danger out there in today's world, many Americans are concerned about the very real possibility of prolonged food shortages. That's why I urge everyone to secure a supply of long term emergency food while you still can. And I highly recommend you choose My Patriot Supply as your supplier. They're the nation's largest preparedness company, and right now, they're offering a special deal when you buy their three month emergency food kit, which lasts up to 25 years in storage. With each kit you order, you'll receive a bonus package of crucial survival gear worth over $200 for free. The three-month emergency food kit guarantees your family will have peace of mind during a disaster. And the survival gear will help you be even more prepared. The kit includes breakfasts, lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks with over 2,000 calories a day. Best of all, this food is tasty. Your whole family will love it. To get your emergency food and your free survival gear worth over $200, go to preparewithbards.com. Preparewithbards.com. Patriots, there's no time to waste. So you know I'm big on American-made products, which I think is important. It's always hard to find though. I mean, it's none of this stuff is easy to locate. I just, I just like the other day I bought some barbecue tools, meaning like spatula and the barbecue sets to do your stuff, tongs, that sort of thing. Uh, Lampson, Lamson, L-A-M-S-O-N, Lamson Tools started in 1837. They make American-made stuff, good quality too. Not cheap. None of the stuff is cheap, but it's a once-in-a-lifetime purchase. So one thing about American-made products is none of it's cheap, and why? That's just a shameless pitch for lampson because they're not sponsor or anything. And I just I like their stuff, and I, and I'm going to share with you when we can. Now that's when I find good products. Hey, so that brings up something I announced today on bended knee, and I'll continue to announce it. If you have a small business and if you've started a small business and you're trying to get it going, we're going to start looking at, I want to start bringing together once a month, voices of the Bards Nation small businesses. So what that means is I need you, if you're interested, I need you to send a paragraph and I don't need a business plan and I, because this isn't about pitching business. This is about something you have and you've started and you're, you want to make people aware of it. So I need a business, a a paragraph of what is your business basically, right? And a URL. I'm assuming you have one so people can check it out. But the more important part is send that over to Hannah, who's my wonderful assistant, H-A-N-N-A-H at BardsFM.com. Hannah at H-A, Hannah at BardsFM.com. You got it. And what we're doing is we're con- we're putting all this. She's putting all this into a spreadsheet, and then I'll we'll reach out. Also, put an email address. Sorry, I mean I know you're going to send that anyway, but make sure we can contact you. Some sort of contact information. Because what I'm going to do is starting. I don't know if it's going to be as early as next week, or if it's going to be a week or so more than that. At some point here, coming up very quickly, I've got to get enough names, and I'm got to take the time because I have to take. I'm going to have people call in, and I'm not going to do it live. We're going to do a pre-recorded. And it's going to be a short call. It's going to be like 10 minutes just to talk about your business, what you're doing, a little bit of your passion. And then I'm going to put that together and we're going to make a feature show on it, probably a Friday night show. And we'll try to do this once a month so we can start emphasizing those things that people are doing and the businesses they're running and connect people, which is what we should be doing. And, um, by doing that, then what we're going to be able to do is bring people together. And I know of a couple of you that have some really good businesses going. And by doing that, we'll connect people and kind of build our own network where you can start working with one another. And that's and that's all as we should be doing. We want to try to break from this ridiculous control matrix that they make everybody believe we can't escape, which is what it is. But anyway, that's that. Then also remember Bard's Fest tickets. They are on sale. Now, a heads up on this. We're probably not going to go into Saturday. And I think the way we're kind of trimming down right now is Wednesday is going to be a very informal get-together. We're going to talk about that. I'll I'll have all of that. Everybody is going to get announcements on that, all of that. We're going to focus heavily on Thursday and Friday all day, all night. Well, not all night, but till late. And then I don't know that we're going to continue into Saturday because it's there's a lot of travel issues, and people are taking a lot of time away. So we're probably just going to do an informal meeting, get together, with we can talk and chat and hang out, I'll, and we'll figure out how that's going to come together for Wednesday, and then Thursday and Friday is going to be kind of the focus of all of that's the speakers and it's going to it's going to be very cool. We got great speakers, great events, and then Saturday. Okay, we'll be kind of on your, you can stay for the sermon if you want on Saturday, which is awesome. That's Saturday evening, but I don't think we'll continue into Saturday. That's a slight change. I'll update it on the website tomorrow. But anyway, just so you know, and, but it's, we're getting, we're starting to get some tickets going on it, which is good. We want to get as many people there as possible. This is going to be a great event. And I talked a lot about that last night on kind of the focus of Bars Fest. I'm not going to drill into that so much tonight. I'll do it again next week. But you can definitely read on BardsFest. If you go to BardsFM.com, you can see the logo. Biggest thing is I think next year I'm going to, maybe even by fall, I'm going to rename it. It's not going to be Fest. I don't know what it is. But anyway. Last thing. Last thing of these announcements. Because I've got to remember, I've got so many announcements each day. i got to remember, these. this business thing is one thing. Here's another one. If you've bought a T-shirt, and we'll be sending this out in the newsletter that's coming out this weekend, but if you bought a T-shirt, here's what we're doing. We're looking for real life pictures, good pictures, quality pictures, not just junk. But, and please, nothing ridiculous. That's I mean, when I say that, like, (laughs) we don't need any, uh, this is family friendly. Let's put it like that, Okay. So, what we're looking for is we're looking for BARDS people using wearing their t shirts in life. And it it can be, you can be at a barbecue. You can be with friends and family. You can be in the garden, whatever it is. Get a good picture of yourself, send it. And again, just email it over to hannah at bardsfm.com. And then what we're going to do is we're going to select the best ones and use them for our product pictures of our shirts, which are now on sale, if you know that. And the winners of that will receive what, cause we're going to launch sweatshirts in the fall and you'll receive a free sweatshirt. So that's the deal. So I think that's a pretty good deal, you know? And, um, anyway, we'll, we'll keep that going and those sorts of things. I, I'm really, what I'm trying to emphasize here and I think it's important is so we really need to start coming together as a community in many different ways. And I think we can, More than just, I mean, we do a great job online. We do a great job in the virtual space. But trying to make actual linkages now is going to be fairly important. So we've got our pillars. And um, we have a new sponsor coming on next week, which I'm only going to tee up. And I may interview the CEO of the company because he's super knowledgeable on this. But it's a CBD oil company. And I've been trying their products And I'm telling you right now, it's awesome. I've been dealing with this ridiculous sciatica, which I've discovered what caused it. And it was, uh, I literally pulled, I was doing some rowing. I I mean, I got on a rowing machine hard. I did a hard workout and I strained, as the physical therapist pointed out the other day, it's not what you think. It's actually that you've strained heavily your lower disc and in doing so, you're feeling of pain, like somebody cut your leg off. And I'm like, yeah, pretty much. So I've been doing a lot of stretches and works that he has me doing It's improving radically. And so today I, I try this CBD thing and it's a, it's a CBG and CBD oil mix. First time in like two months that I've had no screeching, screeching pain in my back or in my back of my leg. So I'm kind of excited about this product line. I talked to him today. Good people. Good product, all hemp based. If you know me, I love I love hemp. I'm pretty much anti marijuana revolution because I don't that doesn't dig on me. But CBD, I'm a big one on, and that's a whole part of. Um, that is really a whole part of building out this health and wellness concept of the products that God gave us. I grew hemp last year, and I I dried it. I haven't really finished processing it yet. It's been drying for way too long. But anyway, I'll do something with it. But just to kind of get the experience, but I do believe in hemp. It's a great product. That's the craziest thing. Hemp was illegal in all fifty states, and then everybody got derailed by quote medical marijuana, which was a cover for how to get high free, so the cartels could move into your backyard. That's what that was about. And that's a that's uncool. I'm in fact, in fact, I think Monday I'll probably do a show on that and kind of feature some of that backstory to the nastiness of what's happened in the quote free pot legalized pot movement, which is completely different from the hemp space completely Oregon in crazily is, is while we have legalized just about every drug under the, under the sun. And we've seen addictions and suicides increase radically as you would expect. Um, The hemp developers here are super advanced. I mean like great strains in in products specifically designed for things like fiber or oil for fuel or oil for soaps or oil for CBD, really good stuff. So anyway, we'll talk more about that on Monday and that's I think a good way of going about things. I'm out here today and I'm, I'm walking in the garden this evening and enjoying it and as I'm going through Before I went out into the garden and in the end of chat, so I had a chance to read what I'm going to read you and then have some time reflecting in the garden. And I put all these together because really when I'm in the garden, everything seems normal. It's like when I'm with cows. The world seems normal. When we tune into online, the world seems like it all took LSD and they're running off the cliff like the lemurs or whatever they are, the... I want to say lepers. Might as well be the same thing. And they just, they're just dropping off the cliff going insane. And the demons are running wild in the world, which they are insane. But I want to read this. We're going to read it tomorrow. It's so incredible. And we're going to read this tomorrow at Bended Knee. And remember, Friday's in Bended Knee. Well, you're going to have to take notes on tonight's show with all the stuff I'm telling you. You're like, wait a minute, Bards. I, I got to rewind this. Yeah, well, whatever. You can and you will probably because <laughs> of all the stuff I'm sharing. But here, here's the deal. Um, This is an amazing testimony. And it just, you know, God works amazing ways. I finished, we finished the show and then I stayed on a bit and I was, because I was playing some different music last hour because we discovered that Punky, our mod, was is going to go through graduation this weekend for her college degree, which is fantastic. So, anyway, we're playing a, a video on tacos because if you know anything about our chats, uh, Punky is our lead on taco tacos and it's like Taco Tuesday. So, we, we declared it to be it was going to be a taco Saturday. So, anyway, so anyway, I stayed on, is my point. This is how God works, and one of our followers, um put up a post and said she would like to share a testimony about a prayer that we did last week. And I remember the prayer very clearly. The prayer was that for the aunt, her aunt, who was in the hospital in a coma, on an intu- and she was intubated. I think I, said, I think I said that right, intubated. And they were very concerned that she wasn't going to make it. And the aunt's daughter had already lost her father and was getting going to be married in June. And the prayer was, just pray for my, essentially, I'm simplifying, but the prayer request was around helping the aunt heal and being able to be at the wedding. And you know when you get these prayer requests like this? I mean, I I take time, I'm I'm processing, I'm connecting with Father, I'm asking, and we're declaring healing, and and you really don't know what's going to come of it, and you hope for the best, but I think more importantly, when we declare it in our hearts, and Father hears us, I think you will witness here. We really are realizing the true sense of our authority on this earth. So let me read this. This is pretty amazing. And again, if you're tuning in tomorrow, you get to hear it again. So good. That'll be good for everybody. So it says, hi, Bards Nation. I wanted to start off by saying thank you for being a part of my everyday life. This show has been life-changing for me, and it means so much to me. I love you all so much. My name is Jessica. And last week, I requested a prayer for my Aunt Peggy. I wanted to give you an update on how she is doing. Friday night, when my prayer request was read, my aunt had her best night since being in the hospital. I truly feel that Jesus was with her. Her oxygen levels improved so much overnight that the next morning they decided that they would awake her from the coma. Still with a tube down her throat, from the vent, she was awake and alert, but unable to speak. She was also almost breathing completely on her own. Prior to her waking, they did full body scans to make sure she didn't have a stroke or anything while being under. Now, let me break here just a second. Part of the prayer information that we were given is that the aunt had likely been suffering and was in a chronic and critical state because of her bronchitis and her COPD. Okay, that's important to remember as we get into this next paragraph. So she continues, Jessica continues. They discovered that her bowels were a mess and that she would need surgery. They also figured out that the pressure from the bowel mess was likely causing her breathing issues and it wasn't just the infection of bronchitis or COPD but a new issue. That if this flare-up didn't happen and this wasn't discovered when it was, it could have been so much worse. They were able to remove some of her bowel and fix the issue. She is currently on a feeding tube through her stomach. She has a colostomy bag, but by the grace of God, the doctors say she say this can be reversed. So she doesn't have to live with a bag for the rest of her life. Today, Thursday, that's today. I mean, like, not, this isn't old. This came in tonight. Today, Thursday, she, they removed her from the vent, and for the, and first thing she started doing was making wedding plans for her daughter, Samantha. My mom, her sister, was able to talk to her today and said she sounded great. I shared the prayer from Scott with my mom, and she cried, as I did too. This was truly a blessing. Prayers really do work when you are on God's side and walk by his word. He will never fail you. This has made my faith grow so much stronger. The power we have when we all come together and truly care for one another and pray is just so amazing. I feel truly blessed. Thank you all so much. Well, Jessica, you are more than welcome. It is our blessing and honor to have been a prayer vehicle to help bring healing to your aunt, and hopefully joy to Samantha. Because I remember part of the story was as well is that Samantha had lost her father and was afraid that she wasn't going to have her mother at the wedding. So I, I wanted to read this tonight because after I read this, and then I went out into the garden, and I'm just kind of tooling around, taking care of a, a particular bug attack that took on my Swiss chard, and they're all now happily not surviving well that I've coated them with neem oil, the little buggers, but my chart is great. That's good. And then watering, watering the other plants that are doing great, some things are coming up. So here's, here's where I was reflecting on. There's so much peace in my backyard, and it's not, it's like, you know, the whole. I think my whole plot here is a little over a quarter of an acre, or something like that, in town, not counting. That's not the other property, but in town. And there really is this sense of peace. And we talk about it all the time because we, we do live very strongly by faith. And none of this garbage on the outside world is coming at us. We hear about it. We don't see, we're not seeing the bodies. And I'm not saying it's not going to affect us. But I think we have to be reminded in something like this. What's our real purpose here? I'm the first one to start talking about making sure you have a defense plan and making sure you're stocked up. And that's never going to change with me. I've told you the story about being in Karne, which was eastern Afghanistan, when we were hammered like four or five nights in a row by the Taliban. And we literally got down to almost no food, For ourselves, the Afghans had food, naturally, because the Afghans figured out how to resupply them, but the American command couldn't figure out how to resupply us. But anyway, that eventually got rectified. But we were down to low on water, low on food, low on ammo. And all that other part of that story, which I've told a number of times, I'm not going to get into tonight, but my point is that it changed myself and the, the other guys that were with me all of us are the same way. It's like, you never want to be short on supplies. And I, and I've seen it firsthand. It's, that's why I push it so much because once you get into these places where you've kind of done the the Joseph thing and filled the silos, you're comfortable. You don't have the panics. You don't have to go out and and race in the lines at the store. You, you know that if something comes, you can help your neighbor. And so there's plenty of seeds there's plenty of food there's a garden that's robust that's the sort of thing we're talking about and i and i pray that everybody is following that but beyond that piece, there's a there is a certain actual piece, peace p e a c e peace here and i and it all goes around this principle of how we choose to live and what we choose to believe i i think that there's not a day goes by that i sit with my parents and we talk about the craziness of this world. But in the same breath, we never have a day that we don't talk about the blessing of which we have in this home. God is truly an amazing God. And he's He's such a profound and incredible father to us all. And in the times where we are in the mindset, which there needs to be this, the balance between the warrior... And the balance between the compassionate are two that are difficult for some to rectify. And it's easy to go one way or the other. The true walk of of, I would say the walk of grace, the walk of the meek warrior is to be able to handle both of those. And that's where for me the garden is such a profound thing. I mean, I I spent I was up till three in the morning cleaning my my 1911 and enjoying that process and getting that right, was comfortable with its mechanisms and the way it was was working. And and then, you know, that was kind of my evening after the show event, which didn't take me, and the show ends at 10 Pacific, so it didn't take me five hours to clean my gun. But I I did spend a, a good hour and a half after I did some other stuff, just sitting and enjoying that process of cleaning my 45. And that's, so that's kind of that warrior, warrior maintenance, but the detail of that. On the other side, it was just as satisfying today, this evening before the show to go out and just spend time watering the plants, watching the tomatoes start to really take root, watching the carrots coming up well and taking a look at the, the lettuce and the, and the, spinach, and the potatoes, and the chard, and there's more to put in this weekend. All of this is this balance that we have, and I I think what we tend to do, I'm increasingly asking this question, so let me put it this way, and the question is, what are we really dealing with in this reality? Are we creating, and these are questions that are a bit esoteric, but I want to put them to us because we have the power to heal somebody. And if we have the power through prayer to heal somebody, I've, I, asked, I have asked this question here many, many times. What else are we doing, not necessarily intentionally, because we don't understand who we are? What I know is these fools that run this world, these lizardhead, pedophile, psychopathic, crazy people, they literally spend trillions of dollars trying to tell us What we need when we don't need it. What we should be buying when we don't need to be buying anything. What we need to believe and accept when we don't need to hear hear what they say. How we are wrong. What we need to obey. All of these things and all of these framework that they're creating is just like a script to keep us always away from who we are. And then they corrupt the churches and the churches follow a similar suit neutering the strength of Christ into some skinny-jean marshmallow pew or marshmallow, yeah, marshmallow pew approach to the life. And, and what ends up happening is we end up with this diluted and really awful deadstone wall faith that nobody wants to be part of because they don't see anything profound other than obedience to a set of rules. When we pray... Or somebody and we, we hear the results that that should be energizing to everybody. That's the power of who we are. not as individuals but as sons and daughters of the most high. We're, we're children of the most high and God's working through us He's hearing us but we are that vehicle on the on the earth. So if we can heal somebody, let's look at two things. can we also create a world of stupid and chaos? And I'm asking myself this more and more. Let me give you some framing on this. And equally, let me finish that thread or that thought. Can we transform the world to a more magnificent place through our prayers? I would say both are yes. And I think the fact that we've been pulled away from understanding who we are, these retards that are running the world literally are using the power that we have rooted in us in prayer for us to be literally giving a great a an agreement not a grace but an agreement to the world that they want to create because i don't think they can create anything i think they need to create it with our free will because who are who was giving stewardship of the world us that was given to us and so these idiots up here keep rolling around doing their thing and unfortunately because so many people have been entrapped and enslaved in this lack of Holy Spirit, dead stone wall, and even agnostic or atheist world, they have no idea who they are. The prayer reminds us, and when we heal somebody, it reminds us truly of the magnificence of what God put in within us. It's incredible. And I, I think that's something to really focus on. So let me Point out something, and I've said this a number of times to people that have been telling me about what's going on in the border. And I'm not telling you that the border issue is not real, nor am I telling you it's not critical, nor am I telling you it's not a very potentially threatening issue that happens started happening today. But here's what's interesting today, and I and I've been looking at this from a very sense of framing. And I, I just want to share this perspective with you because it's, it's very interesting to me. As we're leading up to the anticipation of this big invasion, and we're doing the right thing, we're praying, by the way. We were praying for rain, which, by the way, Texas got rain. Just want to highlight that little piece. It was a big storm was moving through, suddenly came out of nowhere to move through Waco and to Austin. And I don't know if it got down on the border. But I'll still pray for rain. I'll pray for flash floods and massive flooding down there, too, just to keep this stuff in, in check. But I that's, that's not out of the blue again. I mean, we literally prayed for rain. And the next thing I know, I get somebody texting me. They're going, uh, we, we have a weather report of severe weather coming in through here through Central Texas. I'm like, well, we just got to push that a little farther south. But cool. That's awesome. And I think the reason I'm also bringing that up because somebody can say, "Well, oh dude, that's just a storm. Okay, y- You can believe that. But if we aren't starting to acknowledge the effects that we're having, how can we embrace the the miracles that God's giving? It's just like reading through a, something like this with a prayer result, and then somebody goes, "Well, that's just coincidence." All right, that's your life, not mine. That prayer request was answered by Father God. And the Holy Spirit was there. And there was a miracle that we are witnessing happening right there. And praise Jesus for that amazing miracle. It's how we choose to see the world. And I think that's what uh, so much of this that we're getting at tonight is what are we willing to acknowledge, right? So let's go back to the border because this is very interesting to me. So today, the anticipation, the big build. You notice how we've had all these massive invasions that are supposed to hit our border and then they just dissipate like nothing happens? Well, it's not that this went away, but it's how it de-escalated that's so strange. First of all, Texas National Guard is on the border and in a very interesting standoff, the people that were coming across the Rio Grande were confronted now with the Texas National Guardsmen who were armed with pepper spray and also had their weapons, and they made it very clear, you are not coming on board here to the United States via Texas. It ain't happening. And They didn't have to get aggressive, but they pushed the people back, and these people like went back across the river, and the report that I got today is there was even a Mexican representative of the version of the Mexican Red Cross telling the people, stay here, and they still tried to go back over in a worse part of the river, taking their children with them, by the way, some of them almost drowning. So there's a there's sort of a panic, and I would I would imagine that there's also been a brainwashing going on, and there's probably some coyotes in there, and there's probably a lot of pressure for them to get across. And of course, an instant an instant like that would be maximized by our seditious, treasonous press. They would try to turn that into the horrors of what Texas did to the illegals, but none of that happened. Okay, that's my point all that was possible but none of that happened no violence in these key points they just were repelled on the another location on the border today all of a sudden this massive surge pulled back and the word was that i received tonight that there was a text message conversation going on between what it looks like deep dhs and operators within the ranks of this illegal mass human wave telling them to be peaceful and to break into 150-person groups. Now, there's a lot of ways to interpret this, but I want to present another way to interpret this that you may not be considering. We're still getting illegals coming across the border. It's happening. It's not like this is a non-sequitur, okay? But I also want to put in context of what our prayers were. We were praying that those that were being trafficked and those who were, were in true need, they would be able to separate from their captors or their persuaders. We've prayed that the coyotes would be found. And in fact, when they start to reduce the numbers, it gives Border Patrol an actual opportunity to sort out the dirt bags, even though our, everything's been scaled down. I'm not painting a rosy picture. It is very dangerous down there right now. Okay, but I want you to just watch this bigger trend. All of this I find interesting because if you do the math and they break down into 150 person groups and let's say that daily we can get, they can now get 1,500 people across a day. That would be 10 groups of 150. I don't know if that's a number for real, but it's somewhere in that ballpark. And there's 750,000 people lined up. If you do that math, it's about 400 days to go from the beginning of the line to the back of the line. It's interesting to me because I want to know who's going to hang out for 400 days to wait to get to the queue at the front. All of this is fantastically interesting to me because this has all happened with our prayers and at the same time, something else bizarre happens. Now... I consider this all kind of God's hand of how He's working. So be clear on this, so you can talk to me about white hats and psyop teams and all this, whatever. Good, do it. Do all you want, but I think this is what we're witnessing is something pretty miraculous by God's hand. Now I have been hard on the fact that nobody has been talking about the border, and President Trump. What does he do on the eve last night, before the event today? He goes on CNN. And to his credit, he did a great job. He, he did what he he's back to being the audacious and bombastic Trump that hates the media. and, and everybody loves that, especially when he goes into CNN. So watch this though: If all of our eyes are channeled to the border with the mainstream media, and that's obviously the seditious dirtbag pedophile psychopaths that run the information center here in this country. We know how that is going to be shaped. That lens of shaping is going to be on the human tragedy on the border, the suffering caused by the governments in the South, the need for people to seek asylum, all this stuff that's gonna gin up the left emotionally and spin them out of control, okay? But what happens instead? Where did all of the eyes go? Not all, but so much of the eyes of the nation go. While the people that are really anchored in faith, honestly, have really given prayers and concern for those on the border, and I think there's a legitimate compassion there on a large scale. Texas is really in a in a moment to stand for the nation. The doddlers and the idle idol type, idol types and their neutral people, the people that maybe aren't so committed, the people that want to believe in Trump, all that, that's good, whatever. No criticism, but kind of a backhanded slap to everybody. Their eyes went to CNN, and CNN lost control of the narrative. And today, even if they had wanted to cover the border, which I don't know if they did, they lost control. All day long, they got eviscerated, not only by the right, but the left is so infuriated at them, they want their CEO to resign. Why is all that important? What's the one thing God tells us 365 times in the Bible? Fear not. And this is where I find this amazing. Because had the nation's eyes been drawn to the border via Fox News, MSNBC, CNN, the Communist News Network, that is, Um, actually it should be Clown News Network and Communist News Network, they're the same thing, NBC, ABC, those, that top five, had the the world's or the nation's eyes been drawn to the border through any of those lenses, it would have been a lens of fear and panic and anxiety and that would have channeled right into the left and they would have probably been out rioting and burning down the streets again, which is all just as catalyst of what they do. They always fan the flames of fear and anxiety with the left. Instead, the effective talking points for the main liberal brain dump media organization, which is CNN. I mean, if you're a liberal and you don't watch CNN, you don't really get to carry your liberal card. You lose your liberal card. And if you don't, fawn over Alex, not Alex Cooper, but Anderson Cooper, the same Anderson Cooper that got kicked out of Afghanistan for having sex with his interpreter up in a Afghan army camp that did not go over well. Trust me. But anyway, um, I digress. And yes, that's a true story. So instead of being able to fawn the, the flames of fear With the left, the left is now in an irate tirage circling their wagons around themselves, ready to take out the pitchforks and slaughter CNN. The right has had an entertainment of of a positive and able to laugh and make memes at the left. And the entire fear apparatus was dismantled and an event which could be causing... A great deal of anxiety, which in a certain sense should, was diminished. Now, how does that all play out? Could that have been human orchestrated? Yeah, it could have been, but you're going to have to go to a pretty deep conspiracy theory to do that. You're going to have to start saying that literally there is a white hat team that's controlling all of this, and I'm not buying this. This is God's hand. This is how God works in most miraculous ways. He exposes the enemy And, you know, there's something was said to me by Pastor Brad Cummings yesterday, and I I really have to say I agree with this. This is what he said. He goes, Trump is bombastic, and Trump is a fighter, and he's a counterpuncher. And had God selected somebody that was an established Christian man— it would never have happened that way because Christians would be too proper, too kind and be forgiving on every stupid thing that we need to not be forgiving about. Instead, God selected a man who is literally punching the heck out of the enemy and we aren't supposed to worship him and we're not supposed to accept that he's the be-all, end-all. He's a disruptor and a transitionary force that continues to get us both happy and pissed off at the same time. That's a disruptor. But I just find all this very interesting. And as I'm reflecting on all of this and I'm saying, okay, and then we, I go back to this amazing testimony that I read, we read here tonight of a prayer. And I'm reflecting on the garden, which is doing well. And the garden doesn't care what's going on in the border. It's just trying to be happy and grow in some great soil. And I'm looking at a garden that I've, we took, that I worked on and have, my dad and I've worked on it. My mom has joined in to work on it. We've all been involved in this over a three-year. This is our third major season here with this garden. The soil's beautiful. It's rich. It was hard as rock clay, hard as concrete clay. And now it's the tilth is so nice, I can just put my fingers into the soil lightly. It's amazing what's happened. A lot of additions that I've brought in, a lot of rabbit manure and composting and things like this. And we have a compost pile. The entire backyard's transformed into be a really active garden, and it's very fulfilling but also it accomplishes huge food goals because that garden by this year with the addition we've made will end up which is a, a greenhouse essentially it's a tunnel that we put in on a couple of the beds that when we cover it over in the winter with plastic we're going to be able to grow our winter crops even tomatoes all year along so we're going to have fresh everything here all year round that we need Goodbye, grocery store. Thank goodness. And even last year, the grocery store purchases were so small with what we bought locally, what I get through my own processing of meat, etc. I mean, it's just completely diminished, right? Okay. But there's peace out there and there's normalcy out there. And this goes back to the type of worlds and we've heard me talk about this bifurcation idea. But we are living in dual realities right now. We have a reality where people have accepted the darkness, they've accepted their, their anger, their emotions. And that's, that's really the left. And they're getting to be a smaller and smaller group. And that smaller and smaller group is starting to become fused within a reality that unfortunately is gonna keep them there and they're not going to escape. I, and I mean that. As much as you could try all day long, but they are literally going to be living through a, retro, a, a reprobate mind for the rest of their lives. I'm That I have no doubt about. But I think that we're in a, a place right now that as we continue to pray and we continue to execute and com- take our authorities as God gives us, we're understanding more deeply the power of the sword of the Spirit. And I don't understand completely as a person who is a warrior in heart and in the way I walk in my life, I can't fully see it when I say I don't understand it. I can understand the principle of it, but I can't fully see how that warrior of the sword of the spirit walks. Other than this, we can model ourselves after Christ and know that it's there, but we don't get a full glimpse of Christ as the true warrior king. We can see it in what he does, but to understand the magnitude of what's been blessed to us to do greater works than he, I truly believe that we can continue to move into this in authorities and demand and not demanding, but declaring authorities. And we will see moments like David. We will see moments like Gideon. And those two are interesting to me because Gideon literally destroys an army with horns and pots of light. And that army ravages itself and turns on itself. And then we see David who has such command and in presence with father That he not only puts a rock through the head of Goliath, but then literally picks up Goliath's sword, which has to be mighty. It's got to be like six feet tall and wields this thing and chops his head off and then sends his army fleeing into the mountains. It's pretty amazing. So that also gets into tactics and warfare. And when we look at Gideon and we look at David, those tactics are applied differently. David didn't take on the entire army. He took on their key man. Gideon, on the other hand, took on the entire army. It's interesting to me. What happens? 300 men take on the entire army with pots of light and horns. David takes on one man with the mightiness of a sling and a stone. Ancient paths. Jeremiah 6.16, we must go back to go forward. The whole principle of low-tech defeats high-tech, there's no, it didn't matter how much armor these people had. It didn't matter how much strength they had in the steel of their sword. In fact, for Goliath's sake, it kind of backfired, because even if he had a powerful and mighty sword, which apparently he did, that sword was the one that David used to cut off his head. But all David did was use a stone and a leather sling. And all Gideon did was use horns and pots of light, which were done in clay pots, we begin to get a glimpse now at the mightiness of the sword of the spirit, because this isn't strictly prayer and it isn't nonviolent. Let's be clear about that, but it is so mighty that full armies are broken and Tactics, though, change. So we tend to pray. It's very easy. uh, Maybe that's the wrong term. It's a very understandable focus to pray for healing and declare it and to see it happen. But how often do we pray for chaos, for example? And hear me on this. We should be focused on praying on chaos and we should be blowing horns of shofar. And we should be breaking pots of light to scatter the enemies and have them fight amongst their ranks. We have that authority. And we don't have to wield a sword of steel. Peter wields the sword of steel, as I've talked about many times, cuts off the ear of the servant that comes after Jesus. Jesus heals the ear. Master of sword meets master of, of all. And our Lord and Savior shows Peter the greater power of the sword of the spirit and then pulls off the greatest coup in the history of humankind, which is he gives himself over knowing that he's going to be sacrificed and in so doing goes through a process that the frenzy and insanity of the demonized leadership and rulers that are so eager and fervent to destroy the savior, just destroy God's son, miss the entire point that by doing so everyone is set free. That, those are the mightiness. Those are moves that are legend in, in the sense of any tactics and any strategies. They're truly God level strategies. Not that that should be a surprise, but when you let that sink in, And so I'm bringing all this to front because we should not have any fear of what is to come. I think that when I talk about having a a defense plan for your home, stocking up food, I think that's common sense. And I don't think God would disagree with that. I think if you're out here going, you know what? I don't care. I'm just going to sit on my porch. I'm going to pray till mana falls from the sky. Good luck on that. not saying it's not going to happen, but I'm just telling you. If you have the opportunity to be more vigilant, I don't think God's going to be like, yeah, cool, dude, whatever. Yeah, you just, you think that I've got a heaven welfare card or an EBT card for you? Uh uh, got to get to work. Go grow your garden. So that's just good stewardship of our time. But when we get into the changing of the world, and I'm watching how powerful prayers are and how powerful the unity in prayer is to heal. I'm realizing that we're changing the world. One person at a time. But that also means we can change other things. As we repented for a nation at Bartsfest 1, why not bring forth the repentance for a nation now? Why not pray for the disruption of those on the those trying to cross the border to where they can't see clearly they're going to fight amongst their ranks? Why not pray that the coyotes and the sicarios and the the cartels end up going into a war with themselves and in the process lose sight of those that are captive to them and those people can find their way across the border? I don't have a problem with that. They're in need anyway. This is all about us waging war. And the authorities that are given to us and the greater works than he, I don't even know what all that is, but I'm beginning to realize that the greater works really don't have a limit as long as we're staying within bounds of love and prayer and grace and mercy and understanding that love is not just squishy and huggy and you're giving kisses on the cheek. It's none of that. Love is harsh at times. Love is intense. Love is the the compassion to tell you and make you face the truth. And the love is going to resonate with those that are seeking to awaken them and to bringing them to Christ. All of that tonight, just tooling around the garden, thinking about how magnificent is in this world that we live in, in God's grace, how much we could all be right there, minding and tending our gardens. What an amazing metaphor. And literally being untouchable by the enemy. Could you imagine a nation that was that way? A nation that didn't waste its time with the antics and stupidity of a government. that just ignored them. Didn't waste their time with the perpetual brainwashing from consumer advertising and mainstream media to tell you how to think and just ignored them. Put their focus on the word. Disciplined themselves like any good warrior to train and practice with the authorities and the skills that were given. Explore the boundaries of what that means to advance your, your craft and your trade and your martial capability into a much deeper and broad level and arrive at such a point that you can just tend your garden and know that no weapon forged against you or your neighbors will ever succeed. That's pretty profound. Patriots, let's pray. Father, we're very blessed this evening to be here and very blessed to be focused on such amazing things like prayer. And so we are humbly here before you praying and grateful and thank you. Father, we don't always know what is the full depth of meaning is in scripture. We learn, we, and I think that's as intended as we go through this. We are exploring these authorities that Christ gave us. And for some, it may be uneasy. And so that's we pray for them and hope that their hearts will open. But as we stand here boldly and we start to be given the beauty and the gift that you're allowing us to see the effects of prayer, it's truly opening our eyes and our hearts to the potential of what we can do wielding the sword of the Spirit, the mightiness of who you've put within us and what you've put within us, and with that, the responsibility of what goes with that, not to be careless, not to be errant, The words truly have the power of life and death. Let us honor that, Father, and let us see clearly the magnitude of what that means. This, this evening, we pray for those on the border, and we pray this in a very complex model for those that are defending the nation. We pray for their safety. We pray for their vigilance. We, we pray for their strength. We pray for the eyes to see that which is truly evil and that which is truly in need. And we pray for a common sense and a reason, a discernment to not go quick to the sword of steel, but to keep vigilant in their prayer and their focus of what their purpose is there. For those trying to cross the border, there's so much in this. There's people that are intentionally trying to push fear there's true desperation. There's children in need. There's children that have been separated from their family, kidnapped and carried up to the border. And we know where that evil sits. That evil sits not only down with amongst them in the forms of, of coyotes and cartel members and sicarios that are out to kill and bring damage and hell to the, this world. For those that do this damage, Father, we pray for judgment. And if that judgment is truly that they are brought to their knees before an experience with Christ, that they are so deeply humbled and broken, that they find only one way out of this, and that is to turn their eyes to you, then Father, we celebrate that. And that would truly be a power of the sword of the Spirit. But if they refuse, then we pray truly for a harsh hand of justice to separate them from those that they kidnap and manipulate and to cause chaos within their minds and within their own ranks, that they themselves, just as you did with Gideon, as the pots of light were broken and horns were blown, that the armies turned on each other and that we see this now happen with the same people that are causing the harm to those immediately around them at the border. For those in our government that have turned a blind eye, For those in our government that are willfully complicit in unknowing that there is an invasion coming across in any form, that have refused to address the problem of this because they're afraid of their votes, they've been bought out by somebody else, they're blackmailed because of some horrific sexual practice they've done, whatever. And for those that have engineered this practice of trying to destroy a nation from within with an infiltration from the South border, Father, hear our prayers. It is the same. We pray that they will have such a profound encounter with Jesus that they will be humbled and broken to such a level that before him they can do nothing but bow and cry to plead out their evil and to plead for mercy and to plead for grace. But for those that refuse, Father, we pray for chaos in their mind, chaos in their ranks. We pray for the inability to create a unified effort, to tangle their tongues and their speech to convolute their actions so completely that they are revealed to the public, exposed for what they are, and to bind them in such a way that they cannot do any more harm to this nation. Father, tonight we declare these, uh, these prayers, we declare these in the authorities given to us on this land as stewards of this land to literally occupy and expand the kingdom. We pray for this nation and we pray for mercy over this nation knowing that this nation is a long ways from turning their eyes back to you as it should, and yet realizing that so many now are seeking. And so as we pray and close this out tonight, Father, we pray and declare that there are hearts that are seeking will now have the profound experience in whatever form you choose to embrace and face Jesus, to be humbled themselves, to understand that the true truth, the only truth ahead of us is that through the Word and through the relationship with Christ— And in so doing, move a nation from a place of wandering to a place of bowing before the throne. Eyes on Jesus, repenting as a nation, pleading for you to return to their lives. These words we pray in our Savior's name, Jesus Christ. And we say these things truly in this moment, Father, declaring them with the authorities given to us by our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm serious when I say this, this is, it's been an empowering night because the last couple of days, I, I won't, I told you yesterday, I was in a bad mood when I got up, I literally was, I was like, this is rancid and wretched and it, I have no room for traitors, but in fairness to all of this, in the mightiness of the sword of the spirit, traitors shall be humbled before the throne. And they, we need to continue to pray that they will be humbled in this lifetime to have accountability, so that there's something left in their life to be considered worthy of the kingdom before they go home. But, equally, Father can lead this justice, and as He led the hand of David, as He led the leadership of, of Gideon, and He led the hands of Joshua's army, He will do the same now, if we believe, if we remember the power of prayer through healing. Father will also lead to the lead us to the solutions of prayer that we seek for the mightiness of this war. We just can't be timid. We have to be bold. And by bold, that means praying into this fight with the intensity of warriors that understand that this enemy does not deserve to have the high ground. He can't have the high ground because we were given authority and they're trying to convince us that they have a greater authority than our own father. That's laughable. So be empowered. Pray boldly, pray like a warrior and understand God hears you and God will act. That's the most incredible thing. Patriots, thank you. Have a blessed night. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent, always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land, expand the kingdom, subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I will see you tomorrow for Bended Knee. Until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now.
1: Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe Deep is dead Oh, I wanna feel something Let me get back in my body